With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply I like it when the guests take this program far more seriously than the the people running this uh, <laughs> shambles of a podcast. Steve Mascord is here. Rugby league polymath I described you as earlier. Are we on? Yeah, yeah. Are we on? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's, that's <laughs> it. That okay. microphone is spectacular. I was going to, before you started recording, I was going to ask you for the technical specifications of that um, microphone that you've got there. I, I got it from a website that I can't mention in, in Phil's company, but... Oh, yeah. um, it came with the the stand, but not with the mic shield, which I had to buy separately. But um, right. it, it it works for work, which is the main thing, and it, it sounds okay apparently. So that's that's about as technical as this program gets, because as people say, the, the the video quality and everything else, they're not happy with that. They they want they want better quality. But as as you as you well know, Steve, in the, in the world of rugby league, there's not much money around. So uh, you know. Make incremental, incremental is the word. Incremental improvements is... Yeah, I didn't have a mic shield until about three exactly. months ago. Exactly. Uh, we've, we've got quality with a guest this time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Far better than as Bruce Forsyth used to say. For those listening, I'm looking around wondering who that is, who that <laughs> might be. What a marvellous guest. So much better than last week's, which is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only joking, John. How are you, Steve? How are things in, in your particular part of the rugby world? Really good, um, actually, guys. I've, I've become suddenly uh, very busy. I got asked a couple of uh, weeks ago to join the Scholars Board. Um, so um, I've, um, I haven't done that yet because uh, um, uh, I, apparently they said there's all things about fiduciary duty you really should pay attention to before you just sign on the dotted line. But I've started doing stuff with them, um, started um, you know, just helping out with social media mainly and stuff like that, website, as you'd expect, you know. Um, uh, and also, you know, we tried to do some Anzac Day stuff last week. Uh, just try as um, people would, I guess a lot of people, if they got asked to join a, a club board, they might think, well, the first thing you try and do is to turn the home games into unique occasions. But um, it is very hard. Like someone someone told me the other night that is actually, I put on a thing saying, 
you get in free if you're a service person in uniform. And uh, someone told me in the pub afterwards that actually you'll be dismissed from the services if you wore your <laughs> uniform to a, and you're not on duty. Apparently, like it's, it's actually been a sort of orange alert for like five years now. And, and you're not allowed to wear uniform aside from when you're on duty. Of course, in Australia on Anzac Day, you, you know, that's the thing. You wear your uniform to the match after the march in the morning. So I just pleaded Australian in that, that one. But, um, but yeah, there's, like all things, um, you think as a fan that when you get involved in something that uh, you've been, why don't they do that? Why don't they do that? And then you quickly find out why they haven't been doing it. There's about, there's about 200 reasons why they haven't been doing it. You know? Oh, the, 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 the two months I worked at Wakefield were, were such an eye-opener in terms of how things work that, um, yeah, if only people knew how hard people work to keep things just going, let alone do mm. everything you think they should do, it, mm. it would certainly be uh, – it's, it's a lesson people, I think, need to learn, but it's difficult to teach them because you know, they think everyone's made of money and we can do whatever we want, but mm-hmm. certainly that's not the case. Which raises the question, what is the future for scholars? I mean, clearly on the field to start the season, probably what you expected, haven't picked up their first win yet. There's a, there's a disparity in, in League One. Um, there's, a, there's a haves and a have-nots even at that table. But I know you've written quite extensively about, you know, will there be a League One after this year? And, and if, if, if so, where, where does scholars sit in all of that? Yeah, I just coughed um, and then I muted, which I'll, I'll get the hang of it by the end of the show. But... Um, um, yeah, no, it is hard to know. I mean, because I've only been like, I mean, I've had there's been sort of discussions about you know the possible you know future for the club and stuff like that. Um, I mean, as we know, basically, everyone when Broncos went part time, um, um, a lot of the people at Scholars got kicked upstairs to Broncos, and we saw Broncos got heavily beaten by Lee at the weekend. Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, um, sort of community players who are learning some, um, you know, harsh lessons, and but look, but actually are learning them. Like just uh, some conversations we had last week about, yeah, they scored twenty-two points uh, last week uh, against you know team with Rangi Chase and and Fui Fui Moi Moi in it. And um, even though they were um, well beaten the week before, they scored twenty-eight points away. So you know, you don't need to be a genius to figure out that that that's not attack's not really the problem. But um, but as far as the future for the club off the field, I mean, I don't really know, except that I know that there's a lot of confidence there. Uh, and that the, um, from what I can gather that, um, it, you know, this is a sort of um, um, a rebuilding season. And, and if, they, um, if they can get through this season, the, the, there are uh, a number of uh, plans, you know, off the field for, um, you know, beyond uh, this year. Um, you know, and, and obviously Broncos have got some similar issues, you know, as well with um, the sort of uh, strength of their squad. Uh, so scholars always come across to me as um, a community, very much community-focused club where, you know, they there's a lot of um, southern accents in the in, in the um, team. There's a lot of different different ethnic backgrounds, um, and it's a really player-focused club and a participant-focused club. And 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 then they just, as far as spectators are concerned, they have always focused on the two events uh, every year: the Capital Challenge and the Friday Night Lights. And then, and then that you know that's it. That's that's their bankable events, and that allows them to run their club and, and to be um, good citizens. I think you know. So so I guess for someone like me coming in, you know, um, uh, who's got a bit more bandwidth and time to worry about um, the other home games and the you know kind of like um, looking at what Cornwall do and going well, we should at least be able to do 
in the, from a social media and digital perspective, you know, what they do and it's just stuff like that. And then, and then there's kind of like, and then beyond that, and that um, is trying to come up with some sort of a um, earn your keep with some big ideas, maybe add a couple more occasions, like trying to maybe have some occasions that tie in with NRL events in London. Um, there's probably a hundred thousand. We talk, oh, you've talked about it on your show probably every second week since it started, but you know, there's probably a hundred thousand rugby league fans in London and, 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 and only a small percentage of them are engaged. Um, so, uh, so that they're the sort of things that I kind of think, I, I kind of feel you can't sit around on podcasts and say, which goes back to how we started. You can't sit around a podcast and say they should do this and they should do that. Why aren't they doing that? And then if someone gives you an opportunity to have a go, you go, no, I'm too busy. I'm too busy bagging you for not doing what I'm not willing to do. So, so I don't think you've really got a choice if you get asked because, because otherwise you shouldn't ever come on shows like this and you should never answer questions like that, you know? <laughs> and they've, they've lost their chief executive recently as a, as a full-time role. Is, is that part of what you're going to be doing, stepping in and filling that breach? No, I don't think so. Um, Charlie, uh, Charlie's gone to work for a charity and he's still available to help out, Charlie Dehan. Um, and um, and it, uh, I, you know, like, I mean, when I spoke um, to Adrian Frame as a chairman, you know, he, he suggested a few different um, things that might be able to help out with. And, and you know, there were a few things that I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think I could be liaison between the coach and the board, for instance. I just don't think that's my expertise sound you know like or and i don't you know that sort of stuff so um and i don't i certainly don't think like ticking uh boxes and and um as far as um uh you know compliance with rfl and stuff like that i you know i don't think that's something that i can help with i'm so disorganized myself so um so no it's more and i said i said look I, you know i don't necessarily have to have any official role but i'm just keen to help and i may end up not having one i might just end up just being a helper but um, you know, I kind of feel like if, if you're asked to do it, you should. And there's the London Nines that's been an annual event up until COVID struck. And again, you're again now got a foot in the camp in London and a foot in developing Nines. Do you, can you see that as being perhaps this one of the other events that you're looking for that the scholars could get involved with and, and maybe help host or, or promote? Well, Scott, I don't think this year it's on and, and uh, Graham Olfman's doing you know working his butt off every day to promote it and scholars are in it so that that as far as i know is the um is, is the link between the two for this year um whether scholars might um host it i think there's you know i think i think um the 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 um new river new river stadium the sports complex you know is you know and Herringay council have a big sort of control over that and 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 then graham's got his own ambitions for the event and and what he wants to do at the event, and um, so I think that's maybe why it hasn't been there until now. Whether whether it is going, might be in future, I, I don't know. But um, you know, I want to help Graham as much as I can. Um, you know, with the sort of nines thing, uh, I'm just like anybody else who, who's watching or listening. You know, I kind of thought, well, rugby league should do more with nines, and then I just thought, well, I'll just try to see if I can help do that and that's all I am four years later that's all I'm still trying to do um there isn't really uh there's no huge breakthrough there's just little little bits of uh progress um and and I'm I'm definitely keen to help you know Graham any any way I can as far as I guess from that point of view it's marketing isn't it it's just yeah you know, he's got his own website he's got his own social media but but I've told Graham that wherever I can I'll you know write stories about London Nines and 
profile the teams and if there's news where teams um, come in, I'll write the stories or if they're announcing a draw or they're announcing their pools, you know, I'll write stories and, um, and I'll help him do social on the day as well. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's really well advanced, you know, and he's put in his heart and soul into that event and uh, the amount of work he puts into it is incredible. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to help him any way I can, but there's no official hookup there at all, you know. You're a big proponent of nines. Phil, Phil's a big proponent of nines. Well, what, what do we need to do as a sport to promote it more? Obviously, we had the World Cup nines before COVID, which seemed to be a good event uh, down under, but obviously we weren't able to capitalise on that. Well, you know, I hope the, the, the reason, just to give the context, the reason I think you got me on here is because Sunday there's a huge event at, um, at uh, Victoria Park in Warrington where there's 20 teams, all 12 women's Super League teams. Um, and um, although you might know a bit more about Castleford and they've asked to go down a division or something. Well, um, they're, they're still in Super League because of the confusing nature that there are two divisions in Super League this year. So they're still in yeah. it, but in the second division, of, I don't know if anyone's replaced them in the first tier or not, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So there's all 12 plus eight in, in invitational teams and they're playing on Victoria Park uh, all day on, 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 um, on Sunday and they're hoping to have hundreds or even thousands of particularly young girls who play rugby league coming along to interact with the players and meet the players. And, you know, I'm told um, from Jodie Cunningham, there's um, lots of girls who, you know, they imitate the hairstyles of their favourite players and they get on Instagram and swap photos and stuff like that and they've never met their mm. favourite players. So, so you know, it's going to be a really special event on, on Sunday and, um, you know, and, and the RFL, I think, probably at the moment with all the things they've got on, they've got limited bandwidth. So it's an op- it's, it's, they've kindly given me an opportunity to sort of tie in what I've been doing with, with what's happening on Sunday. So that's why we're kind of, I guess, why you wanted to talk to me this week and I'm grateful for that. But, yeah, I think nines, um, uh, the thing with nines is it's, it's, it can be, and people said this about women's rugby league as well, it can be everything that the men's game should be but isn't, you know. Um, it doesn't have to be tied to a specific um, region. It doesn't have to be tied to a specific demographic. Um, you know, it can be, it can be aspirational, it can be uh, all the things that we maybe sometimes wish um, the, the men's game uh, was. So, you know, there's a lot of teams from the South. There's, uh, I, think the, the, I think the women's game in this country is really focusing at tertiary education and getting into universities and stuff like that which again is something the men's game took a time doing um so yeah i think that's why we're excited about it because it's a clean slate i think and i don't and and i it's not actually necessary to be obsessed with to sit down and watch Auckland nines games on youtube and and be obsessed with um you know uh, drop goals from in front as conversions and be obsessed with the actual technical on-field aspect of nines you can actually think think it's a bit of a laugh um, as, a, as a sport and still see its value, um, you know, uh, on a more, in a more broad way, you know? I think you're right about it. It, be, it can be enjoyable for its own sake, but I think it's a, it's a vital development tool for the sport when you look at um, certainly the York Nines, which is the first time I came across it and why I became a fan of it. It, it was used to invite teams from Scotland, Wales, Ireland, uh, France, I think Paris were there in the first edition of it. It just felt different. It, it has that festival feel around it. But also I think when you're talking about developing nations who are wanting to get their, their very first foot on the ladder, uh, clearly it, in somewhere like Colombia, where they're only just starting to play rugby league, it's far easier to get a nines team on the pitch and play a festival than it is to have a full 13-a-side game, whether that's men's or women's. So I, I just think we've got an onus to... 
to look and look at it as a different tool to the 13 aside game. I understand Professor Tony Collins's argument. You know, 13s is good. Why do you need a shortened version of, of the sport? I just think it offers something different. Um, if you want to be in the Commonwealth Games, you can do it with something like nines. Um, you know, we've sort of put a toe in the water on that and not really followed it. It would be lovely with the Commonwealth Games starting in a few weeks in Birmingham if we had Rugby League nines in there. Uh, as you said, it wouldn't matter who the medals went to. It would just be a, an opportunity for people who wouldn't normally come across the sport to see it. And I, and I think nines as well. I, I don't know if Steve agrees. The format works. Um, sevens is sort of rugby league basketball. Whoever's in possession at the end wins because it's just swapping tries for tries. But nines has that defence element attached to it as well as attack. So you, you, you get a, 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 I, I don't know, a more representative side of what rugby league actually is. Yeah, but not only that, it's not... Well, there's two things there. As far as what Tony Collins says, to me, I'm 53, right? But I've always had a very short attention span. And, and like, <laughs> to me, 90 minutes is, is too long. I mean, I know it's like, it's like watching a movie. You know, like, like most people, people like to watch a long movie. I'd rather watch an episode of Seinfeld. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's over. <laughs> you know, I can, I can go do something else. You know, so, so to me, a game of rugby league, it is... It, it requires an investment and, and we're all a lot more uh, time for now. And, and, and when, when a game of rugby league is over, it gets reduced to a few, a few clips on, on here, you know, and that's, that's how so many people, um, um, how so many people consume it. So why not have something that's already cut? It's already cut down to highlights reel. You know what I mean? So I, I and the other, the other thing is it's not just one side of the coin is it's, um, it's great for new players and it is, but it's also great for new spectators, you know. Um, um, you know, and I, and I, I don't think it has to be. Um, I don't think it has to actually hold on to any of the kind of, or, or many of the, the touchstones of of the thirteen aside game. I don't think it has to be, um, you know, tied to the places where we play the thirteen aside game. Uh, you know, someone said to me, "Oh, you can't have different tiers, gold." silver, bronze, you know, that's not the rugby league way. It doesn't have to be the rugby league way. That's the whole point. You know, it, it, we, the people who are already sort of uh, um, nailed on to rugby league, I think some of them will watch nines, but um, if we just cater it to them, then we're just going to end up with a fraction of the people who already watch rugby league. And, and there's not enough people who already watch rugby league. So I think we have to, you know, with the, which they did with the cricket in this country, you know, um, the hundred, you know, that is more kind of the, philosophy is to try to get people to come to a party and once you get them through the gate it doesn't matter if they watch they can turn their back on the field for all i care i mean i went to the you know i went to the um um uh twickenham um, sevens with gavin willisey a couple of years ago and people only sat in their seats when england played they, they the bands played during the matches not between the games they played out the back of the stands in the bars between the matches and people you know there was an announcement of the pa england are playing next against namibia or something and people would, oh, I better go and sit in my seat for 20 minutes and watch that. And, and, and I'm completely fine with that. You know, I think, you know, I think if rugby league can charge people to go to a party and it goes into rugby league's coffers uh, and, and it helps develop rugby league players, I don't care if they watch. It doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> but much like we saw at Toronto, you know, people, people that had no idea what they were seeing at first. And, and obviously they learned as time went on. And now Bower and Hulk are two traditional clubs in the Heartlands have taken on that uh, idea that Toronto had. And there's no reason why, you know, if you look at the Rugby Union Sevens, there's no star star names there, whatever star names exist in Rugby Union these days. They're not playing, it's specialist players. It, it's uh, it's an interesting concept that if we can 
exploit it somehow to a, a new audience, which is what we're certainly looking for, it would be fantastic. The question is how you do it, you know, and I'm, I'm just, um, you know, I'm a blind guy in a dark room as far as how you do it. Um, but I'm, I'm taking, I'm just stumbling around nonetheless, you know, but, um, you know, and, and I, I've, you know, been tried different ways and kind of worked with different people and, and tried to figure out, do you do it through broadcast? Do you do it through taking, you know, getting a government to pay to take an event somewhere? Do you, um, you know, how, how do you, uh, do you, do you try to, sell sponsorships you know do you go well uh you know sportswear brand if you come on board you're interested in sponsoring this many events then i go to the events and say uh there's a there's a there's a, a central uh part of this much uh sponsorship and the thing is like everyone's got um there and that's the thing in rugby league is that no one's got any spare time and everyone's got their own little property and a lot of people think their own little thing is going to make them rich or at least their own little thing is going to eventually earn them some money because they're giving up their time at the moment, they're volunteers. So the last thing they want to do is share that little thing that they think might grow into the thing that finally allows them to keep their partner off their back for wasting all that time they spend on rugby league for no return. They don't want to share it when someone gets... So, so, so my kind of... The, the, the phase I'm going through now, it's not the, um, it may not be the final phase, is to just offer to help people. Just say, can I help? You know, can I help? And... Uh, um, and 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 introduce people to other people, and you know, like uh, Fiji uh, running an event in October where they, they've got the, the tourism commission on, on board, you know, and they've got they're inviting teams from Australia and New Zealand to go and play against uh, you know qualifiers from Fiji. Um, it's just outside Nandi, and that's the model, right? You get the tourism people on board, and I'm like, well. To the guy from tourism, would you like to would you like to sponsor a pool at the London Nines, or would you like to name the man of the match award uh, or person of the match award? You're not you're not supposed to say man of the match at all anymore under any circumstances, are you? Um, person of the match, um, you know, at a, at a certain event, um, you know, that sort of thing, and just to say, well, that, then you know, so just that's the sort of thing I'm kind of doing now, like really kind of just grassroots, just try to get um, um, introduce people to other people and let people know. That's the key thing, right? It all comes back to um, after all, trying to be all these other things, a merchandiser and a marketer. and a, In the end, it actually comes back to, to the, you can make the most difference by telling stories. It, it actually ends up coming back to the skills you learn as a journalist because you tell someone about something someone else is doing. And that's more likely to lead to a positive outcome than anything you can learn on LinkedIn, you know? You've learned something on LinkedIn. I thought it was just a thing that just sends me emails every now and then. And I, yeah, I don't get it. I, it's, I'm just I'm the least least corporate person you'll ever met. So I don't, I just don't get it at all. I hate the way that they actually, you know, you say congratulations on your work anniversary, and it and, and it just goes. You just you just click it and it goes yeah. So so <laughs> like it's like it's just so soulless. So so you get if you are unfortunate enough to have a post that says I started at Rugby League Week on this day. You, you'll just get 64 messages that say congratulations on your work anniversary from complete strangers who all I did was just just go yes. It's just, it's just it's, I don't understand it. <laughs> anyway. you, you mentioned tourism and it's interesting because I always got that feeling and, and you, you, you've been to the Summer Bash. I went to all of them in, in, in Blackpool. That, You're going this year? Uh, no, well, it's in Leeds, isn't it? <laughs> so, summer in Leeds, I believe they do have summer in Leeds. Do they? Think? I, I'm go, at the, as we speak. I think I'm, I'm going to ta tactically go on one of the days, but not the other day because I want to avoid some people. But I, I was Broncos. Go <laughs> <laughs> do you owe money? 
No, <laughs> some people closer to home. But I always got that feeling that in, in Blackpool, and, and that is a, a town which is full of events, but there was no mention of the rugby league event. That was just us selling to ourselves. There was no local buy-in to that event whatsoever. And it's almost, almost, did we miss a trick in that one? I'm not sure what we would have done. Maybe got a few people who come through the terraces who eventually go and buy a skybox or whatever, but it did feel like an opportunity missed in Blackpool. Yeah, like, I mean, why don't, I mean, you know, in America, um, they, it's part of the media regulations that you do a press conference for the opposing team's uh, media every week. So on Monday or Tuesday, you have to get X number of players and the coach and you have to sit on a conference call and you have to be available for the opposing team's media, you know. And, um, and, and, and I just, I know that we're not that organised and all that sort of stuff, but I just, I, I think this is where kind of um, Eric Perez it comes it's second nature to, to him and it's and it's so foreign you know to everyone everyone here but they're just little flourishes like that and I'm kind of like I'm starting to realize that I'm actually you know I I, I think I have like I've got some form of it might be on the spectrum in that I don't give up if things don't work I just keep doing them so um, so yeah like things with scholars whatever like posting the um, highlights the our tries on it which I've got to do tonight you know, um, and I, I'll do the intro card and I'll do the outro card and I'll do a thumbnail. And, and people, fewer people watch it than last week when no one did that. But I just kind of have that kind of on the spectrum where I'll keep doing it and it doesn't matter if anyone pays any attention. It doesn't matter if anything um, comes of it. And I think with, with this, like with the nines, it's the same. Like I kind of think, well, it's like I was reminded on Monday when I used to cover State of Origin and, I knew from the minute that the state of origin teams were picked, there were this many days papers and I had to actually speak to every single player and explore every single angle. And, and, and I, I knew I had 10 days and I didn't want to get beaten on any one of those 10 days. And it was just like a whole no stone unturned approach. And I, I haven't, I started to, when I was finally approved to, you know, um, to help out with the Sunday with the, with the, um, 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 nines, I had the same mentality for the first time since I was a journo where I've only got seven days and there's stuff that I, you just got to do. And, and like, it was like, can we get, can we get on sky on Friday night in Warrington? You know, we've got to, you know, do Warrington. Are they going to mention it over the PA? Um, you know, uh, all that sort of um, stuff. Will, will, who I sent Jacqueline Magna an email saying, who are the leading writers on women's sport in this country? You know, and sent off emails, to, you know, and it's just like, because you're an outsider and you're not trying to do a thousand jobs like the people at the RFL are trying to do, they're all doing five people's jobs. You've got this enormous freedom where imagine, imagine your job is to write state of origin stories for a week and a half. That's your only job. You're the luckiest person on earth. So you want to do, you've got to do a good job. You've got to do the best you can, you know, and, and I feel the same about promoting, um, you know, things like nines or promoting a league one club or, you know, you're so lucky that you've got the opportunity you know, to do it, that you should leave no stone unturned because a lot of people who are working full-time in the game, you know, they are unfortunately, they're, 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 they're run off their feet, you know. I think we feel the same about wheelchair. That's another of our passions that, um, you know, we just need to get the word out there about how good it is. I know Richard's thinking this week of actually going to try it. Um, I, I'm trying to get the, the Super League information out every week, um, like you are doing with nines, because I just think that, you know, that, as you say, it's the blank sheet of paper principle, isn't it? That uh, you can hit a new market, a different market. And 
um, there, there is no template that you need to work to. Yeah, and you can actually, and I love being able to say to journalists, like, who do you need to speak to? And I even come up with angles and spoon feed, you know, ideas, feature ideas and story ideas. You know, I would say, you know, like, um, oh, how do we get a run in Australia with this? What We just need someone involved to say, yes, yeah, so, George, so the, the, the WNRL is over now, right? And there was the grand, and so, or it finishes mid-season. So why couldn't, um, with some funding, um, why couldn't uh, the WNRL champions tour mid-season like the Kangaroos used to do in the men's? You know, why couldn't the Gillaroos um, come over mid-season and play tour matches against the women the way the men used to in the middle of the season here? Why couldn't the WNRL champions play in a nines tournament where, you know, with respect, they, you know, you, you know it's an evening up thing too, Phil, which is the other thing we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. It's great for new fans, great for new players, but it also makes teams that wouldn't otherwise be competitive, competitive. So, you know, wouldn't it be great to see, um, you know, a WNRL team play in, in this event on Sunday? Um, and so those little things like that, they're story ideas that other people don't have the bandwidth to come up with because they're thinking about so many other things. So I love being able to, like, one of the best things that I, you know, my whole um, involvement in rugby league was, you know, to helping out Colin Clayweg with uh, uh, Red Star Belgrade when they played in the Challenge Cup. And, and Serbians uh, hired minibuses and drove to Millam. You know, they were they, like, like I've never, there's nothing that, that I've ever done, you know, you know, in journalism that matched the seeing those buses and those Serbian flags being you know, hoisted on, on telegraph poles and they're watching amateur rugby league in minus one temperature. They didn't know what they were watching, a cheering Red Star Belgrade. I mean, you know, that's, that's a you know, very special feeling. So, you know, banging your head against brick, uh, it is banging your head against a brick wall, but every now and then a bit of kind of cement dust comes off the wall and it means more than anything, you know? People watching will have, will have noticed the joy, um, but people listening won't have because... I'll just edit it. You mentioned access to players and, and such and getting stories out there. I, I can't tell you the immense frustration. And, and to, an, to an extent, Steve, I've given up asking people. Um, you mentioned Cornwall earlier. They were great. I asked them, can we have a guest on the programme? Straight away, sorting something out for us. But there are plenty of other clubs, not in League One, in, in Super League, who don't even answer emails. And, and for someone who's obviously got the experience you have in the sport, and obviously from both sides of this, trying to A, get stories, and B, get stories out there, that must be frustrating, to say the least. It is. And it, but, but, you know, it's part of the reason why I'm, you know, I never um, watch um, NRL 360 and, and have a pang of regret that I'm not there, you know. Uh, just it, I could see the way things were going. It's all getting very corporatized and and, uh, and and as a result, more tabloidized too. Tabloidized is not a word, is it? Tabloidy or whatever. Um, because, you know, with no access, you if you don't know the person, you're not afraid of pissing them off. So, uh, so you know, so sorry, you can't say that on British television, can you? Lucky we're not on television. Um, you can. You can, yeah. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, so so I just, I, just, I just don't allow myself to worry about that stuff anymore, Richard, because it doesn't. I, I, I got off that train, you know, so I don't really, um, I don't put in, I don't have an, I don't have a media pass this year. I didn't even apply for a media pass this year because I didn't use it last year. Although this year I find myself wanting to get in free more. Um, and uh, I wish I had applied uh, for it, um, you know, so I wish I had actually, but, um, uh, but um, yeah, anyway, I don't, the access thing doesn't bother me. It's just not part of my world anymore. I do, I do worry about, um, 
I do, you know, like we don't, Zach Hardiker leaving Wigan is a big story and we don't really know what he did and and we may never find out, you know, um, because there's not enough reporters um, whose job it is to find that stuff out. We just know that he was, he was late for, didn't go to a, a, a recovery session and, you know, like we don't really know what happened and that's where, and, and that's where I think the narrative of the game, the history is not being kind of told. There's lots of, you know, examples of that. You know, will we ever find out the real story about why Tony Smith left Hull KR um, and, and uh, whether it was linked to the appointment of his nephew at Leeds or not? Um, we may never, we may never know. And that's the good thing about, you know, in Australia, even though people get um, um, frustrated with the NRL media and stuff, that, um, they do a decent job of, of finding finding those things out. And, you know, like there's so many things over the years that are written in the folklore of the game in Australia that weren't volunteered by the participants. They were, it was discovered by, by hardworking uh, reporters. I mean, you know, Johnny Raper, the man in the bowler hat. Now, if that was a tour going in the other direction, I wonder if we'd ever know that story, whether it would have ever been told. Um, you know what I mean? And that's, 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 that's sad to me, but I, I can't get, I can't get upset about, me not getting access to some player or it's more the fact that we we lose the 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 the, the folklore of the game and the fabric of the game we stories that should be told and should strengthen everything around the sport it stays behind closed doors you know i've been banned from anywhere phil yeah have you we know John Davidson has. We know that. He's just a- uh, yeah, he wears that as a badge of honour, though, I think. We, I, we nearly were at the uh, Women's Challenge Cup final in 2019. <laughs> and we were broadcasting it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't think, like, you know, it, 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 it's a huge subject, right? But this is a subject that, you know, you we could have talked about any time in the last, you know, 10 years and we can talk about any time in the next 10 years. But clearly, if if... if if a club is banning someone for uh, telling the public something that is undeniably true, then there's a problem with the system that the governing body can't step in and say, no, you've got to let him or her in because he's, he, him or her is just doing their job. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, there's, there's something really wrong there, you know? Um, um, you know, um, I, 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 I know that clubs, you know, there was a situation in the AFL this year where a guy said, a guy, you know, uh, basically found out something that, about a team change. He was getting leaks from team changes and the coach had a go at him and said, you're not welcome here. And the guy said, well, it's an AFL press conference. It's not your press conference, so you can't kick me out. So the coach left. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and, and that sort of lack of central control over so many things is kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's frustrating from time to time, you know, for, for someone who comes from, from Oz. But... Yeah, others, you know, it's a rabbit hole to go down. How, you know, how long have you got, you know? Well, it's the same lack of resources. You mentioned it. I'd like to see all the pre and post match press conferences stuck on the Super League's own channel. But even, some clubs don't even put them on their own YouTube channels. Well, that's, you know, and this is the other thing. And this is, and this is where we sometimes, and I sometimes, you know, get into conflict with my colleagues and that because, you know, there is still a, um, um, there, there is still a, um, an attitude where uh, the, the people who make the effort to go to the games should be rewarded. So we can't stream the press conferences. 
we shouldn't put the press conferences up until the morning and you don't ask any questions and all that sort of stuff. And it, it is it is a really tough um, 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 predicament that they're in, but we know what way it's moving, don't we? I mean, we know it's moving away from the people going to the games and away from being able to ask a question at an open press conference and having it not go out immediately. So that is only just putting your finger in the dike, saying that, you know, um, please don't post the press conference or don't, you know, I, I went to the trouble of asking a question, I went to the trouble of coming. Um, whatever the rights and wrongs of that are, it's, it's, it's those days are soon over. An open press conference, the contents of an open press conference will be is, is public knowledge, you know, very quickly. And, and press conferences are just content. And if the next people who, um, you know, I think it was uh, Blake Solly said to me when there was, you know, a, um, a conversation about um, streaming press conferences, you know, and, and the RFL or the Super League had a policy of, you know, you can't stream the press conference, blah, blah, blah. But he said if Sky wanted to show the press conference live, we'd be, we'd be basically the rule would be out the door with before they finished the sentence um, because they're paying the bills. So, you know, um, yeah, there's, you, that is where that, that, that's a big subject, isn't it, Phil? And that's more of a sort of a yeah. But you, you do still need people in that press conference that prepared to ask the kind of questions that you were hinting at earlier mm -hmm. about. You know, why do people leave clubs? Why exactly. do coaches make? The trouble is, if you sanitize it to the point of view where it's just streamed. The only people asking the questions will be the club media managers, and the only questions that you'll get asked are the ones that they want to be answered. So it is a yeah. vicious circle. And it I, is and a vicious circle because that's the thing. But the other half of that vicious circle is that the coaches then get to hide behind that. They get to use the uh, competitive dynamic to their advantage mm -hmm. to hide. It's it's not so much that it, it's it's like then the coach won't answer the question anywhere else. So you, they're put in a position where um, the only time they have to answer questions is, um, is when they're at a press conference and the only people who would ask the questions have no motivation to ask them. And that is a real problem, you know. By, um, by, by the same token, if you're a, an investigative journalist and you have a question to ask and you get the answer, you should have the ability to be the first person to break that story and not, mm -hmm. as you're walking out the ground, find it streamed on the club YouTube channel and you've lost your, your USP before you've got in your car. Exactly. But I mean, if I'm the club, why do, what's, why, mm -hmm. why, why, why would I look after that person? Exactly. I didn't want, well, that, I didn't want exactly. the story out anyway. I didn't want the story out anyway. Uh, so we better tell our members before the paper comes out. You know, like that's the way that's the way that's the way the club the clubs uh, think, and so it goes away. What 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 happens is that the the, the 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 scrutiny gets less and less and less because there's no motivation for the reporters under the way the technology is now. There's no motivation for the reporters to find you know stuff out, and there's no there's no motivation for reporters to interview. So that's a, this is the the big thing I'm finding from running websites and looking at how websites run is that you can do interviews or you can make money. <laughs> you, you can't do both. There's no time to do both. You either make money running websites by writing stories about what's on social media and what's in the paper, or you ask questions and go to games, and, and, but you, 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 you can't put food on the table. It's very, it's, very hard. it's very hard to do both. I mean, you know, like in the music uh, websites, you know, like um, 
you know, the hard, you know, hard rock and metal websites. Blabbermouth is the number one site, and they don't do it. They don't interview people. They just, they just get on. They just, they just write stories off podcasts, and and you know what I mean. And um, and only really big companies have got another source of income, like they sell magazines or they do merch or they they run festivals. They can actually make money and do interviews because they've got another source of income. The people doing the interviews are actually hobbyists and they're actually the least qualified to interview people. They're not, they're not trained journalists. Trained journalists want to get paid. So it's, it, it really is, a, it, it's, it is, a, it is amazing. It's an amazing um, time, you know, to be around. Um, I don't think, I, I, I have sympathy for people who aggregate content as long as they properly um, attribute. If, as, long as, they, as long as they properly say it was in this, it was in that. Um, you know, I haven't got a problem. It is a service. It's not particularly fun one, I, I don't think. But, but the way technology is now, it's a necessary service, you know. How, how extensive was your contact book when you were at the height of your journalistic influence? Because I would imagine that um, that doesn't happen these days that much either, that you could ring three, four people, get any number of stories or corroborations of what you'd heard or it would give you a lead to something else. That doesn't seem to happen anymore. No, no. I mean, it's very hard to ring people direct. And also um, the, the, new, the new thing now is the worst thing you need now, right, is that a huge story with confirmed by a quote in the third paragraph, confirming all the details, because that can be lifted immediately by anyone. So you're better off writing a story. If you say to me, Phil, 40-20 is closing tomorrow and you can quote me. It's better if I go, Phil, what if I don't quote you? Don't tell anyone else. It's better if I write a story on our Patreon saying it's understood 4020s closing because then people will sign up. They'll want to read all the detail and, and they, won't, they won't be sure if it's true and they won't be able to read it anywhere else because it's harder to lift. And then you confirm it a few days later and we go, bang, we're geniuses, blah, blah, blah. The worst thing for me is that if you tell me on the record with a quote, because basically it'll be everywhere in five minutes and I'll get no value from the story. And that's really bad because that leads to people not trusting journalists. You know, that leads to people saying they're not telling me everything that they know um, and they're holding things back for commercial reasons, which is 100% correct. Oh, they are. We're not, we by the way, if anybody um, was listening to that. We're not. We need no. more backslapping as well on, on social media when people get things right. That's what we need more of. Um, I've got to ask Phil about Zach Hardacre because people want to hear about Zach Hardacre and, and you, you've mentioned him, Stephen, and, and we don't know why he left Wigan apart from you may have been late once or some other issues of culture. Phil, this, this Leeds culture, this much vaunted Leeds culture, that was, ru that was rubbish towards the end of their golden era and has been referenced by many, look at Phil's face, referenced by many people. This is devil's advocate here. Um, how does um, how how does signing Zach Hardegger fit into this changing the culture, so to speak, at, at Headingley? It's the perfect marriage of inconvenience. The um, the the stars aligned at a time when Leeds desperately need a player that plays in the position that Zach Hardegger plays in, who has become available unexpectedly at no cost. Uh, bearing in mind that there is no transfer fee that's had to be paid for him. I think going back to the why he left Wigan, um, I, I, I think that stems back to the fact that he moved back to Pontefract uh, against their wishes. They wanted all of their players who they wanted to call on 
uh, whenever they needed to and however they needed to be near to, to Wigan. That That's part of what builds your culture. Zach is very much a home bird. We, we, we know that. Um, he always has been. Um, and took the decision when he had a young family, rightly or wrongly, to say that might be the club policy, but I'm moving back to Yorkshire. I'll travel um, whenever I need to. And, of course, that leads to either being late for a recovery session, maybe not being there early enough before training starts, whatever it might be. But I think that's essentially where the breakdown happened. Zach was going to be out of contract at the end of this year anyway. I don't think anybody thought that that was going to be renewed. Um, I, I believe he wants to end his career at Featherstone where it started. He's, he's hoping and it, it's possible that Featherstone by then will be in Super League so he can, he, he, you know, he can be part of the team that takes them into the, the, the top tier. Um, but nobody expected with six months of that contract still to be available that he would be released by Wigan at the same time as he was released. And I'm led to believe that initially Leeds weren't interested in taking him. And because they thought it was going to have to be a loan arrangement, um, Leeds then suffered two further injuries to a fullback and a, and, and a centre, uh, centre come winger. Uh, they just don't have the cover in those positions. Uh, people are saying, oh, what, you know, what does that say about the culture of Leeds? He left under a cloud. Everywhere he's been, he's left under a cloud. It doesn't say anything about the culture at Leeds. It says Leeds are desperate for quality outside backs or full backs. Um, and they would be damned if they hadn't gone for him. The, the, the other thing I think to look at is what's in it for Zach to be anything other than for the next six months as near to a perfect professional as he can be. Now, I don't know whether he's going to break down in that six months. I don't think anybody does. But the incentive for him is to say, you've got a second chance, at, you know, the, the type of club you wouldn't normally get a second chance at. Why would you spoil that? You said you wanted to move back to Yorkshire. You've got arguably one of the biggest, if not the biggest club in Yorkshire saying, come and rejoin us. Um, we were trying to think of players that had made second debuts for Leeds and there's only, he's in a handful over the history of the club. It's very rarely happened. You know, Gary Mercer, Dean Bell, uh, young Harvey Whiteley, that's about it. Um, you know, you, you, he's, in a, he's in a club where he needs to make the effort to, to, to have that faith justified in him. So in a way, it's just a win-win for everybody, isn't it? Now, we're, you know, because we want our personalities to be nationally known. It was interesting speaking to James Haskell last week because a side project thing. And he was saying on, on, on their podcast, which invariably talks about Rebunion, no one knows the personalities in Rebunion. If you ask people on the street, they'll mention Johnny Wilkinson and won't mention anyone from the current day, which is the same issue we have uh, in our sport. If we were in Australia, Steve, what, what kind of impact would this kind of story make over there? Well, I mean, it's kind of like it's a Ben Barber sort of, uh, well, basically anyone who's ever ended up over here in the last 10 years, that's, uh, that's basically what it's, that's the equivalent, I would say, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously he'd, be, he'd be have, he'd have um, cameras in his front garden and, uh, and we'd, we'd know every single uh, detail of uh, what had occurred or at least um, people would be having guesses uh, on nightly panel shows. Um, um, and yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a big story. I mean, when Zach was in Australia, I played for Penrith and I, I remember I interviewed him after, after a game once for, I think it was on NRL 360, actually, I used to do the segment on the overseas players and stuff like that on NRL 360. Yeah. And he, he was, he was a very, yeah, he, he was, he wasn't, you know, he was a fringe player, wasn't he at Penrith? He kind of, you know, he, he was, he, he played a bit of first grade and, you know, he, he probably didn't show, you know, his, his best. Uh, but um, certainly, yeah, it'd be a massive, 
massive soap soap opera type thing and there'd be the inside story of blah 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 which i've seen a few of those um recently actually i uh, they've started to write them here the reach papers have started to write the sort of inside story of tony smith leaving blah 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 um michael chamis who works at the herald and uh, was at nrl.com he's become very good at, at writing those sort of stories uh, back in oz so yeah there'd be there'd be lots of exposés about it i guess i guess it frees on sanity for the wonderful better phrase it's probably for the best we don't have that kind of coverage here phil because obviously zach's got issues that those have been well documented and, and more scrutiny would not necessarily be a good thing no i think we need more scrutiny i think it goes back again to what gets rugby league in the press outside of rugby league and clearly you know people should know who Zach Hardacre is moving from Wigan to Leeds is a big story moving from Wigan to Leeds under a cloud or uh, in circumstances you wouldn't normally expect should be a big story you know going back to Leeds which is a club that normally doesn't have players going back should be a big story I think you know we I, I applaud the Channel 4 coverage that um, there was the build-up to the, the Wigan-Salford game on, on Sunday. I think we, we've you know spoken very positively a, about what Channel 4 can bring to the sport. But getting Martin Afire to interview Bevan French and Jai Field and saying, I don't want people don't want to talk about me anymore. They want to talk about you. That's exactly it. That's the angle we should be taking. And what happens? Uh, Jay Field goes out and scores the winning try in a game that we had no right to enjoy as much as we did with it being the, the third game of uh, of Easter. And, and Steve's written a, a brilliant thing today about what defines standard and is it the games that are exciting or is it the games that actually you look at the completion rates, they're 100% and they bored you to death. And I, I think we had that um, this weekend and, and I think the two games Steve was using was Salford Wigan was exciting, but the standard wasn't great. And Castellan and Hull was was boring, but the coaches would tell you it was brilliant. And and I think it all features into this. What do we want the sport to look like? We want to talk about Zach Hardacre. We want people talking to Brian McDermott about, are you going to sign Zach Hardacre next year? We want people at Headingley on Friday night to talk about Rowan Smith will be here and Tony Smith will be there. What's the story with the Smiths? Are they going to be joining up next year? You know, tell us a little bit more, Tony. I know you don't want to, but Rowan's here now. Did you influence him to take the Leeds job? Why are you leaving Hull KR? Is it, are you going to be helping Rowan? All of that, I think we don't do well enough and we've got some stories this week that we can exploit. So, yeah, Zach deserves... Um, obviously to have his mental health and welfare looked after, but he will also realise he is a big story. And if part of that story is he keeps messing up wherever he goes, you've got to tell that story. Yeah, there's a, this is a subject that has interested me a lot more um, lately. I'm a bit past access to players and stuff like that, to be honest. But subject that has interested me with some new broadcasters in the game is... To, to what extent they um, buy into the narrative and the news cycle of the of the sport, and 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 I, 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 I I'm really surprised. Basically, anyone like you know like uh, you know if I went down to a Super League game with my mobile phone and and said I've got broadcast rights, people would go on Twitter and go, oh, isn't it a breath of fresh air from Sky? You know. <laughs> um, you know, and 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 those those Thursday night those Thursday night um, um, you know extended intros with, which Brian Carney drives, I think they're outstanding, and they, and and they've got and, and, and you know Brian's got a legal background. Jenna is is a journalist, you know, um, and uh, and we saw also on Sky last week some great commentary on Zach Hardiker from 
know, John Wilkins saying that he likes to be the centre of attention and he wouldn't have liked that there's two other fullbacks. And, you know, that's from a, from a guy who's freshly retired and even Sam Tompkins didn't shy away from the subject. You know, that's great. That's great stuff. And then we saw, you know, on, on, uh, on Premier, you know, they had the Super League coaches, at least one Super League coach, two days after the coaches meeting about the sin binnings and they didn't ask about it. You know what I mean? And, and th- that's where I'm, that's where I, I'm saying you have a bit of respect for the, you know, the, the, the big dogs, the old guys have been around for a while and they know the sport and they're not af- afraid to ask, you know, hard, hard questions. And, and also I thought, you know, sometimes with um, channel four, channel four, channel four is kind of all jokey and fun and, and kind of vibey and hipstery. But sometimes they, they, they kind of don't have that hard edge of like, well, I've got this coach here, he's in the news, and it is my absolute non-negotiable job to ask a person in the news about the reason they're in the news. And if I don't do that, I'm not a journalist. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I thought it was great last night that Ross Fittes asked about, he was a bit shy, he said, I don't want to put you on the spot. Well, actually, you've got to put him on the spot. But you don't have to ask a question in a hard-ass way. You just got to get an answer that's newsworthy. And I think Ross did a great job last night asking about um, Zach Hardiker and getting a newsworthy answer out of Brian McDermott. And, and also the fact that him and Brian McDermott have kind of like previously, Brian's kind of tested him out like a rookie. Welcome to first grade, the first time he interviewed him. And so, so I thought it was really good TV last night that he got a Brian gave him an expansive answer about, about Zach. And, but I think you're right. And the argument that I have with viewers and listeners is that, I want to hear about the game and the people on TV, they're there to make me keep watching and mm. they're not there to um, ask about stuff that's in the paper. Uh, but, but I want to know about the people. Everyone, all 34 people I'm about to watch, I know nothing about, right? So if you tell me that the star player got sacked two days ago, that gives me more enjoyment on the game. Uh, if, you, if you tell me that, you know, that guy got dropped, that guy's on big transfer listed. That guy got uh, drunk in a pub and got arrested. All that stuff adds to my enjoyment of the game. But I go back to what I just said. If I'm a journalist, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because my job is to ask, if I have access to a person in the news, I have to ask them about the reason they're in the news. Otherwise, get a, don't, don't employ a journalist. You know what I mean? That's, you know, so I agree with you, Phil. Anyway, that's a long way of saying I agree I don't want to come on this program and say something like, well, look at the Women's Super League and look at the uh, how St. Helens have put together a squad very much of England players who they've signed from other lower clubs. And is that a good thing for the competition? Because people will take that as a criticism of St. Helens, which it isn't. But, uh, you know, these things go. Great, great semi-final win for, for Leeds, because we're all, we're all Leeds. Leeds beating York um, 28-26 at the Halliwell German Stadium. Very reminiscent, Phil, I thought, of that game against Castleford in the final a few years ago, which I remember so well. Um, and, a bit and like the World think... Cup semis, aren't they? There's, the, the, the women's semis, a bit like the World Cup in the men's semis. You get one competitive one and one not-so-competitive one. That's kind of where they are, you know? I think that's I think the whole again, season, unfortunately. Yeah, it yeah. showed that there are, there are sort of three teams that are far and away got the, the best talent. So when two of them meet for the first time, it's a close and exciting game. You would mm. think that St. Helens will go into the final in a week's time as massive favourites, not conceded a point in the cup run, defending their own trophy, but they haven't been tested yet. It will be interesting to see if 
Leeds can exert enough pressure on them to actually test them. They may not be able to. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought the, the first semi-final showed you two evenly matched teams in rugby league. It's always a great watch. Uh, one team that's you know way, way in advance of the other in terms of the personnel it can count off. Admire the skills, absolutely, but not as great a watch. Well, I guess they're stuck in the at the you know, it's that thing of like, is 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 the women's super league a participant property, or is it a is it a commercial you know spectator property? And clearly, it's a it's a participant property at the moment, um, um, because I mean they're not they're not getting paid, are they? So I mean there's 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 no money or very 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 little money in it. So it's kind of like everyone gets a prize. You call everything super league, you know, east, west, south, east, north. Super League, and I can understand why they're doing it, you know, at, at, at this at this point. But I guess from a strategic point of view, they they'll be hoping to get to, you know, to get to a point where it's uh, an even competition and there's a bit of money in it. And yeah, and the other thing is, if you call them Super League, but then you don't have the expectation. So a few years ago, one of the girls um, said on on social media, "Bag the hell out of the referee," and uh, you know she was watching a game on TV, and, and I'm like, "Well, that's not very professional." Well. She's not getting paid, so um, it's okay to be unprofessional, really. You know, you're not getting paid, but then again, you're calling her a super league player. So, which set of values are we applying? Are we yeah. saying that you know, like you know, so it's a good well, question. but we've had in League One as well. You know, returning to to the start of the conversation, we had a game not played this week yes. because a semi-professional club couldn't get a doctor. But that mm. comes under the and under the auspices now of can you call them semi-professional? That's nothing to do with where they are on the league table. It's just that if you can't do that basic thing, um, you know, should you revert to being a community-based club? I, I, I don't know. I, I throw it I, out I, there. I'm, I'm really interested, Phil. West Wales, really... but just how do we get to that? Well, how does that like? So let's say I'm interested. Let's not bore people because it's probably a very um, you know esoteric subject. But just very quickly. Getting medical cover, so getting doctors. So how does that work from the top of Super League down to the bottom of League One? Now, at the top of Super League, they've got full-time doctors, right? So this issue is never going to happen. Is that right? Yes. Well, they have access to full-time doctors. It's a requirement. Right, right. And then in the championship, this maybe perhaps could happen, maybe? Uh, you'd think it could, but again, unlikely because I think the the links with uh, Super League clubs, the the fact that again we're talking about an area of the country where rugby league is recognised and there are already contacts, it's probably not going to happen. There's going to mm-hmm. be backup. Whereas clearly, if you're in West Wales, which doesn't necessarily have access to the same level of resource, um, it makes it difficult. Should the RFL have a kind of uh... Um, paramedical, some guy who jumps out of a plane with a lab coat on. But you know, should they have like, yeah, yeah. Should they have like one one guy or, 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 or woman in reserve who's like, if all else fails, because this game was cancelled a day out, right? So should they have one person in reserve who's just like, we'll get him there. You know what I mean? Like, is that too much to ask? Or I, I don't think it is. If you're doing it a day out, I, th- I think yeah. you have got presumably a contingency or you should have and if west wales themselves can't find a medical person then surely the onus is on and and, and you quite rightly pointed out everybody the governing body is doing the job of 12 people at the moment but it must be somebody's responsibility to make sure games go ahead if there is any way in which they can go ahead so you would have thought that they would have been ringing around other 
people they know within that sphere and saying, look, we'll, we'll cover your expenses. Can you get to West Wales tomorrow? Mm. I yeah. did go to two, well, I was at one Super League, Women's Super League doubleheader last year where the teams were warming up and there was no doctor and the games were cancelled as the teams were warming up. And didn't, You're the uh, second person today to tell me that story, believe it or not. I won't say who the other one. I won't say who the other one was, but I, there, there was also someone there to film that game, I believe. And he just he was he was, had his battery packs and he had his SD cards and he was filming and then and then he's like put it all away, go home. Yeah. And no one from either club would speak to me afterwards, which was a bit disappointing. As in my role as whatever I am, I'm not sure what I am. Um, Before the um, sun sets even lower or the the time runs out. Um, <laughs> We need to mention John Keir, um, because, again, um, by mutual consent, he he has left Bradford this afternoon. Um, I hope he isn't lost to the game. His experience is is manifold, and and clearly he's he's a great media pundit. But are any of us surprised that that perhaps with Bradford languishing in mid-table and there being such a gap between the two at the top and everybody else that... Um, John is no longer employed, and, and what would be the expectation of a club like Bradford these days? Um, I, I, I wasn't surprised when they lost at home to a twelve-man team that you know that happened. I'm, I'm tossing up whether to mention this, but I will mention it because we all um, we all know that it, uh, it would have uh, would have tickled Hatter's fan, um, you know no end um, that um, someone mentioned to us. I won't say mentioned, but someone mentioned to us at at, at Dave Hatfield's uh, funeral that. Um, um, Hatters would have loved it having with Nigel and John Keir having both been there if a coach had been sacked at his wake. If Hatters, they thought it would have been, um, it, it would have been really, really fitting <laughs> and it would, Dave would have loved it. But uh, um, John, did, uh, John did survive a, 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 couple, a couple more weeks and uh, he's a great guy, great guy, John, isn't he? And I know, look, my understanding is, um, and I can now walk to London Broncos, so I'm an expert. Um, that in the in the championship, um, the, the the teams that are full time feel like they're in their own little competition, and the teams that are part time that that that's where the feeling is, and then the, the teams that are the teams that are you know part time in the heartlands, they desperately want to to finish highest. You know that's that's their thing, um, and um, and and Bradford are very ambitious in that regard. They don't feel that. Another part-time team in the in the in the heartlands, particularly, well, you know, another part-time team should finish above them. So that's that would be, I'd imagine, part of the thinking. Yeah, I, th- I think Batley being above them, York being above them, um, even Sheffield. You know, I think that that is below the expectation. But more than that, I think we, whoever you know, Nigel and and the people he's got working for him are trying to rebuild the club, and to do that, they need a a relatively significant fan base and people are stopping going um, because they're, they, they think they're going to be beaten by teams that they should be beating themselves. And that's not the display they put up against Featherstone, which was, which, you know, to all intents and purposes was everything you could expect of them on Monday night. Um, but I think you're right. It's, it's not that result. It probably is the, the hangover from the Halifax one at home that, um, that has led to it. Hey guys, the last time we talked about, um, that wonderful book you've got on your uh, chest of drawers there behind you, uh, Two Tribes, um, on this program. Um, it, it wasn't out, I don't think, so I wasn't able to uh, offer your viewers and listeners a discount. Uh, that was not a great visual. Um, 
Apologies. Uh, we'll do a slow motion replay there of you fetching the book. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Um, so, um, so we, so for I guess, uh, what will we make? Uh, what, what you pick? Come on, pick a quirky discount code, Richard Shaw, right? Uh, for a discount on the book. Uh, what's a quirky Zach's discount? Zach, Zach, there Zach's we go. And some people won't be able to spell Zach. So that's actually, um, it's like a contest rather than just a discount code. Um, so Z-A-K-S-B-A-C-K. Uh, and it's it'll be not 19.99, but 18 pounds. Or um, if I'm, I know you do have many viewers and listeners in Australia or not uh, 37.50, but 35 at stevemascord.com or, Steve Ma- or shop.stevemascord.com. And I'll put the links in the show notes so that people can find it. Because, I, yeah, because you were the first people to have me on to talk about the book. Thank you. Should be glad I'm wearing trousers, Steve. And I don't even want to think about that. Should you... Uh, That'd be like, to... you know, Sharon Stone. Or, or, I know that's a, it's a bit <laughs> no, of a Angela subject. I'm Angela yeah. Are you saying I'm this Angela week. You don't mention that saying. this week. But, I mean, you know, people going through and, like, pausing, you know, that'll be, that, that'll be our moment. <laughs> That's the clip you need to put out. The um, anybody who wants to buy one in person in a in a retail environment in Leeds, I know where they're on sale. Yeah, we're going to do a launch there before the end of the year. It's going to be massive. Yeah, we're going to tie it in with a major rugby league event or yes. the 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 commemoration of a major rugby league event. Yes, and I think I'm on holiday that day, which is a shame. So uh, you know, I'll miss that. But uh, but I'm sure we will we will catch up again in the future because. Um, it, because you must have something else to promote at some point. But obviously, the, the main thing we need to mention is women's nines on Sunday. Please come along. Go to, Warrington. Go to Warrington. It's going to be a great day. And like I said, to see all these uh, young players meeting their heroes and, and, and the next generation of sort of role models in, in the game. And don't forget, um, they're also hosting a World Cup this year. So it's, um, it, it's, I guess it could be the start of your, your following of their journey right through to... Uh, to, and, and it's a great start because you don't have to pay to get in. So come along on Sunday. And there's a number of workshops as well for um, young women and girls who are already playing the game. They want to listen to, well, our good friend Danica is, is doing one of them about, you know, how, how to play like a girl. And I think all of the, the, the major stars are, are doing something. So not only can you meet them and get their autographs, but you can listen to them talk and pick up some tips from them, as well as watch a great afternoon of rugby. Before we go, can I tell you a secret? When you said you're going to record a thing on Zoom with me, I didn't know it was going to be a whole show. I just thought, you know, oh, I don't yeah. know we're doing a whole show. So, yeah, so anyway, that's great. So, so you're hungry good. now. You, you missed your I, tea. I'm, well, I'm hungry in several respects. I'm hungry for dinner, and I'm also hungry to, to do something like this more. I, I enjoyed it. So there you go. Well, you can come on again, Steve. You know, you're always welcome. Oh, wonderful. We'll the do great it live. Thing- yeah, I mean the great thing if when you're in Leeds we'll do a show live, but if not, Zoom is uh, is is the future apparently or the present. Yeah, awesome. awesome. I'll teach I'll teach Phil how to do a, a live broadcast if I'm away, and then you can entertain the masses in Leeds. Can great. I can I nick your uh, microphone and bring it down to London <laughs> while you're away? So I'll, I'll I'll send you the link. I'm, yeah. I'm not affiliated like you, but so uh, it works. Someone asked if we'd had uh, if we'd have John Kerr on the show, but he'll be on Dave Wood's podcast. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll try and get him because he's a good guy and I think he might come on. Yeah. Um, Steve as ever, thank you very much. This is the book. Apologies for those who saw me getting it from my <laughs> set. Um, two tribes, it's available 
shop.stevemascord.com. That's that's correct. Yes. And, and any other teams you're inventing shirts for soon, by the way? Um, and like all of them in the world. We've got everything. We've got everything. We've got, we've got new, this year's Catalan Dragons. We've got yeah, we've got like all we've got Manly and North Queensland and Parramatta and Newcastle and yeah, everything. Anything you could possibly want. I think I need to work on my SEO and maybe spend a bit of money on Google advertising because people most stuff I sell is on um on um oh, um eBay and no one comes to the site. Please come to the site. Please, you need Pyongyang, Pyongyang pylons is your next project. Yes, the, the yes. kit is designed. You just need someone to make it. It's ready to go. <laughs> uh, Steve, thank you very much for your time, and we shall see you soon. And to all those people who who are watching and listening, go to Warrington on on Sunday. Sorry we didn't talk about the rugby, but it's yeah, it's the third week of Easter, and we're all tired. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.